listening to The Terrific Teacherpreneur, a podcast for teachers looking to grow a successful online business. Your host, Alex, was able to transform her Teachers Pay Teachers store from a small side hustle into a profitable full-time business. She now helps other teachers do the same. Listen along for actionable tips and helpful wisdom about business and marketing as a teacherpreneur. Here's your host, Alex. Hey there, thank you for tuning into this week's podcast episode. I bet you're excited about this one. I know that I would be as a listener. (laughs) How do you know why a certain resource is selling better than another? Like, how do you know what makes a bestseller? How do you know why a resource is doing well? That is something we all want to know, I think. So I think you're going to enjoy this episode purely because that's what we're chatting about today. Why some resources on TPT sell better than others. So let's get started. Now, first, I want to say that this episode will be really good for you. And I think you might enjoy it if you are one of two things, which most sellers are. If you're a little bit short on product ideas, you know, in terms of literally thinking of what product to make next, this might kind of inspire you and help you think of some ideas. I know we all have those moments where we just kind of draw a little bit of a blank and we feel a bit uninspired. But also, if you have too many product ideas, you're the person with the big long list of like 100 resources you would love to make, but there just is not enough time in the day. (laughs) Fair enough. You've got to kind of narrow down, well, which one should I make? So I'm hoping that this episode helps with that as well, because it will kind of help you figure out, hey, this would be the better one to make for this reason. So I think you're going to like that episode for that. And I really want to break down a little bit about what I mean in this episode, like, what we're talking about, because you might be thinking, well, I know why a resource sells better. I know that this one does well because I market it really well and it does really well on Instagram. I know that one does well because it's got a great cover. Like sometimes we do know what does well, like we can kind of see why something's doing well. But this episode is for the scenario when you just don't know why one resource is doing well and one isn't. You're like, the resource is good. I know, like, deep down that this product is a good product that people want. I know that deep down this product is good quality. I know that the resource itself is not the problem. And I know it has a decent listing. I know that it's got a decent cover and the thumbnails and I've worked on the description over and over and over. I've made so many preview changes. I know that it's got a decent listing and I do try to market it. I make pins for it. I talk about it on Instagram. Like, I just still am baffled as to why this resource isn't selling or why this one does sell. And and that's what we're going to be chatting about today is when you just feel like you're a little bit in the dark. Now, sometimes these things are kind of out of our control. Sometimes you'll have a product line and one product does well and the other ones are a bit of a flop and and you know that they're all very much, it's like a scientific test, you know they're all very much the same. You know, they've all got very similar listings and the resources themselves are very similar. But why does one do well and others don't? Well, sometimes that's just like the topic of that particular product does well. And that's kind of what we're talking about. But let's dive in. The main thing that differentiates a resource that is selling and one that isn't and what really truly defines why some resources sell better than others, in my opinion, something I've discovered is that resources often do better when they are something that a teacher needs, not something they want, something they need. I know that sounds kind of obvious, but it took me like a good five years to actually figure that out. What I mean by that is I have made many resources in my TPT store that are pure fluff. And I'm not ashamed to say it, like we, we do sometimes do that. We make resources that are fluff 
And we sometimes make ones that are full of substance. And I've had my fair share of cute little crafts and fun little activities that are are great and that teachers might want. They might think that's super cute. I want that. I think my kids would enjoy that, but they don't need it. An example would be, you know, maybe something like a cute little Christmas craft. It's like a writing craft or some kind of activity or something. And come December, teachers will be scrolling through and, and they may well want a cute Christmas craft and they know their kids will enjoy a cute Christmas craft. But that isn't going to attract every buyer on TPT because wanting something is great, needing something is very, very different. If you can afford to buy what you want, then yeah, that's where we get the buyers from that buy all the cute Christmas crafts. But for the buyers that can't afford to buy everything they want, they've got to be kind of more careful with their money on TPT. They can't, just genuinely can't afford it. If they're going to buy something, they are only going to buy something that they need. So if you're kind of wanting to reach a larger group of buyers, you have got to keep that in mind. And like I said, I've got a lot of stuff in my store that's fluff. It's cute and fun and engaging, but not necessarily what a teacher actually needs. And I've been saying that a lot, what a teacher needs, what they need. And what I mean by that is what is actually crucial to their job, to their role, whether they're a teacher, an SLP or a homeschool parent, whatever. At the end of the day, we all know as teachers that we've got standards that we've got to teach. We've got topics that we've got to cover. We've got things that we have to do. And then we've got the things that you know we can do that are fun. And then those seasonal things, those little fun extra activities, they're all kind of a lot of the time optional. But at the end of the day, we have to teach that certain math topic and we have to teach that certain writing genre. And so products that teachers need are often ones that are very much aligned to the curriculum, very much a unit of work or an actual curriculum or actual lesson plans, you know, or activities that they need their students to do in order to learn a concept. And that's just very different from those kind of fun time filler sort of ones, you know, the ones they might leave for a substitute teacher, the ones they might do around Halloween, like those kind of fluffy ones, those ones to decorate the bulletin board. There's just, there is a difference between two types of resources on TBT and some are just a little bit more important I guess you could say to teaching and other ones are a little bit more optional. So I I want to clarify, (laughs) that's not to say that you can't ever make cute Christmas crafts. Like I mentioned that as an example earlier, and I do actually have a resource in my store. That's a fluffy, cute Christmas craft that actually does really well in December and, you know, brings me quite a lot of money. But at the end of the day, not all of my little fun crafts do that. And it, you know, only helps me out in December, but the rest of the year, where's the majority of my money coming from? Often the bigger bundles and the bigger units and the things that teachers really, really need. I noticed this when I started releasing some sort of larger products in recent years, you know, bigger, juicier, substantial things, things actually included lesson plans, things that were a bit more high priced, you know, that I'd sat there and really labored over for weeks and weeks, units of work and things like that. And those days where I kind of just threw together a little craft, those ones never really brought me as much money as when I actually threw myself into something really serious. So I started to notice, oh, I'm kind of being rewarded here for the time I'm putting in on those bigger products and on those big bundles. I'm actually making more money and clearly teachers need that lot more than the little fun things I'm making. So something to consider when you're looking at some of your worst sellers or wondering why you're not making as much money to be looking at your resources and just being absolutely sure that the content of it is something that you know is irresistible to a teacher 
and that they're going to come to that and think, look, I really have got to just literally buy this today. It's going to be a lifesaver. It's going to be all of my lesson plans covered for next week. It's going to help me teach reading or it's going to mean that I've got all my math centers sorted. It's going to help me teach that specific math concept. It's going to sort me out for the next month. I won't have to do any more lesson planning. Like something really game changing is going to be easier for them to buy than something that's like, oh, how cute would that be on my bulletin board? That's fun. But then they're like, oh, can I actually afford to be buying all these cute crafts? Probably not. So that's kind of my big rant today is just I think that you want to be thinking about what resources teachers really need, not just what they want. Now, the next thing I want to share is that if you want to figure out why some resources are selling more than others and and make more better selling resources and that kind of thing, you need to think about what has been overdone. So at the end of the day, when you make something that is really in a really saturated competitive market, that's kind of the same as everyone else, it's going to be a lot harder for that resource to stand out and sell. And if you make something that isn't overly saturated and competitive, and that is a little bit more original or unique, you are going to have higher chances. And I've done this before. I've made resources I felt were decent resources, and I don't think they were bad, but they wouldn't sell. They were a worse seller. So I thought that they were bad when really they were just ranking on page 20 because there were literally a million other people making the exact same resource. So I was almost kind of wasting my time, really. That's not to say that you can't make resources that other sellers have made. You can't make that certain type of resource. But like I mentioned at the beginning, if you've got a lot of product ideas, this is the sort of thing that helps you narrow down which ones you might want to make first. And going for those slightly more original or unique ones or ones that aren't overdone is probably a slightly quicker way to make things that are going to sell better for you and to analyze why something in your store is doing well or doing badly. You know, sometimes it's as simple as going to TPT search and looking at that particular resource type, going, okay, some color by code worksheets, let's just type in that term and see how many millions of other color by code worksheets there are. Well, okay, that explains a little bit about why my color by codes don't do very well because they're just buried amongst a million others. And Making it original or unique is a good way to stand out, but sometimes just purely making a resource that isn't overdone is the best way to go. So something to think about. Like I said, don't feel put off. Like you can't make a resource that someone has done before. There's no way to be like really, truly original and unique as a seller because most resource types have been made before, but you can narrow it down to something that hasn't been over overdone. There's a difference between, oh, there's a couple of thousand other sellers have made something similar or a couple of hundred thousand other products are out there that are the same. You know, having a look at basically how many search results there are for that term. There are some that just, you know, only a few hundred or a few thousand resources have ever been made for it. Great. And there are others with tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of results that are going to pop up on search. And it kind of makes you realize that it would, it not seems a waste of time, but it would be a lot harder for your resource to do well. So the next thing I want to chat about in why a resource would sell better than another resource, talking about that. I think that making value-packed resources is really, really important. Like I kind of hinted at earlier when I talked about the little cute crafts versus the sort of units of work and things like that, is I think teachers are ultimately looking for bang for their buck. And I, I think when they go on there, as much as it's great to see a cute $2 resource, it's probably priced at $2 because, you know, we all know that it's only worth $2. It's just a couple of little activities or something, maybe just one activity. That's not really going to be a game changer for a teacher. Sometimes they actually want more value and they'll be willing to pay maybe $5 to get something that they can use for weeks and weeks and weeks. So sometimes I look through my bestsellers and I'm like, 
why do these perform well and therefore why my worst sellers are performing badly and a lot of my best sellers I feel do offer that little bit more you know they could pay a couple of dollars or grab that resource or pay even a higher price for a bundle but they're going to have lessons that are going to be sorted for weeks or they're going to have you know weeks worth of centers or days worth of lesson plans or weeks worth of this and that's you know going to be so much more enticing than a one-off activity where they you know spend a few dollars and get this one thing that they can do for one lesson so if you've got that you know this the resource that is two dollars and they can print it out, use it with their kids, teach it for an hour, and then that's it. They don't get to use it until next year. That's not going to have that same appeal as a resource that's maybe 5 or $6 or 8 or $10, where they've got so many activities that they can use for weeks and weeks and weeks on end. It might even help them throughout the entire school year. That's just going to be so much more enticing to them because they're thinking, well, this is a good value for me, for the money that I'm spending and it's going to save me more time. I'm going to get my evenings and weekends back. You know, I don't have to prep and plan so much. I mean, as a buyer, I know that I would be more drawn to that. And when I was a, a teacher and a buyer, primarily before I was a seller, I was drawn to things I felt, you know, were more long term. And I was disappointed if I bought something and felt like, oh, I kind of ended up using this for only one lesson and then I'm not really going to use it again. Felt like a waste of time. And I remember distinctly buying a $5 resource that did that. And it had loads of pages and it came with lots of like versions, but it was essentially the same activity. So once I'd done it for an hour with my students, I was like, oh, I guess I can't really use this again until next year. I don't want to do this again with them tomorrow. But, you know, there are other $5 resources out there where you can get a similar amount of pages, but you get like 10 different activities and that would be 10 different lessons I could do with my kids. So that value packed resources, bang for the buck kind of stuff can be a really big deciding factor for buyers. So something to keep in mind, you might notice that with your best sellers, that they do provide value and some of your worst sellers don't. So something to keep in mind. The last thing I want to share is a little bit of a tip is, you know, again, what helps define why something sells and when something doesn't is I think it's really good to make the hard resource that other sellers are too lazy to make. Like I mentioned, I hinted at earlier when I said sometimes I've done that. I've sat down for a day and made a resource in like a few hours if it's like a little easy activity that you're only going to charge a few dollars for, you probably can actually make it in like a day or two. But so could another seller. If it's easy to throw together where all you're doing is using a template and switching out a few bits of clip art or whatever, if it's easy for you to create, that means it's easy for someone else to create. And that means that someone else has already or will make something similar. And there's not really anything too special about that. But there are resources that take weeks to make maybe even months, the ones that take so much of your time and energy, they are difficult to make. And this is what separates you from other sellers is that not every seller is going to want to. Now, I'm not saying (laughs) I was a bit harsh before when I said that other sellers might be too lazy, but yeah, sometimes we might be too lazy to make something that's hard. To be fair, other sellers in your niche might be too busy to make it. You know, they've got lots of kids at home and a busy home life or they're a full-time teacher and they're really stressed out with their school stuff at the moment and they don't have the energy right now to make that big curriculum but you do you happen to have free weekends at the moment and and you're thinking I want to make some new resources should I make that little lesson idea I was thinking of or should I make the big unit and then ultimately make a big curriculum out of it hmm and if you have got the time and the energy and inclination someone else probably hasn't that's going to give you that little bit of an edge because I truly think that some resources are more difficult to make they take a lot more time and energy not every seller has that time and energy to give and if you do you're going to make something that basically ticks all the boxes of all the things I just mentioned in this episode 
it's going to probably be more value packed. It's probably going to be less saturated and competitive. It's going to be more original and unique. It's probably going to be something teachers need and not want because, you know, you're the only one that's kind of willing to make it. So I don't know, I guess I've mentioned already, but as an example would be things like whole year curriculums and big units and lots of lesson plans, all that kind of stuff. The things that just are a little bit harder. So overall in summary, and I really hope that this helps you think of new product ideas or narrow down if you've got too many. And I hope it helps you figure out why when a resource seems like it's good and has a great listing and you market it, why it's not selling or why your best sellers are selling. But keep in mind, it's important to make products that teachers need and not want. Make things that aren't too saturated and competitive. Make resources that are really value packed and also go and make the effort to make that hard resource that no one else wants to make. I think those are really impactful things. And I've noticed that in the recent years in terms of what sells well for me and what I make and what doesn't sell. And I've kind of felt like those are some things that really do have a big impact, more so than just whether you have a better preview than someone else, but whether the content of the resource itself is more enticing. It doesn't matter how good or bad your preview is if the resource itself isn't what people are going to want to buy. So (laughs) something to think about. I hope this episode has been helpful to you. Action item for this week would be to kind of think about what I've talked about and maybe have a look at your best sellers and worst sellers, just kind of overall the resources in your store. Think about if what I've said is true and like you can see those kind of patterns. Oh, well, that bestseller is selling because it does look really value packed and it's not overdone. And that worst seller probably is doing badly because it's super saturated and it's kind of a fluff product that anyone could have made. It, it, it can be really eye opening. So have a little think about what I've said and have a look at your resources just to see whether you can see that pattern too. And I do recommend keeping this in mind in your future product creation. That's kind of the goal for this episode to help you think of new ideas and narrow down your resource ideas and make the stuff that you think is actually going to sell. Try to be a little bit kind of psychic and predict what's going to do well, have that little bit of background knowledge. So that's something to think about. If you've got a big long list of product ideas, maybe narrow them down based on what I've shared in this episode and have a little bit of an action plan going forward about what you're going to make that you know people are actually going to want to buy. That should be the goal. Like I said, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I will put a link in the show notes. Be sure to make sure you are subscribed to my weekly little TPT seller newsletter check-in because I do obviously mention which podcast episode is coming out and sometimes I share a few tips or an action item and cute clip art I recommend and I share a little bit of a story about what's going on with me and it's always nice to connect with you guys in that way and I always love it if you reply as well Uh, let me know if you've enjoyed my email or if there's anything you can kind of resonate with that's always good to know but yeah it's just one of the ways I love connecting with you especially if you're someone that's not really into like Instagram or whatever that's always another place you can connect with me too but emails you know nice for everyone if you're not really into social media but I hope that you have a terrific day Thank you for listening to this episode of The Terrific Teacherpreneur. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Come back for more actionable tips and helpful wisdom in the next episode with your host, Alex. Until then.